0: Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app. And find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message.
1: Well, good morning, church. How are you guys doing this morning? Good. It is great to see all of you here this morning. And if you're new here, if you're a guest with us this morning, maybe it's your first time to NCC or you're new to church or you're watching online for the first time, um, I want to introduce myself. My name is Aaron and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church and I've been here about three years. We are a church that is passionate about making people in places new. And we wanna encourage you in your walk with God that God would use you to help change the community around us, to help influence people's life and see people made new. That's our desire as a church. And you picked a great Sunday to come on. We're in the middle of this series called Soundtrack. And just like you saw, we are talking about how music moves us how it can affect our emotions. There's some songs that you hear that make you wanna dance a little bit. They make you happy. They may bring joy to your life. There are other songs that may remind you of difficult times that you've been in. And, And music has a way of affecting our emotions and kind of changing us. You know, God's word does that. There are some powerful songs and lyrics in the word of God. And there are things that God is speaking to us to challenge us in the way that we live in our relationship with God, in the way that we live in relationship with other people, how we live our lives. So we're taking these next few weeks and walking through what's known as the wisdom books in God's word and allowing him to challenge us and to really shape our thinking with some of these powerful songs and some of this poetic literature and and lyrics that, that we believe God wants to speak to us through. And in the midst of this, this soundtrack series is a part of a bigger campaign that we're doing called Made for More. And in this campaign, we're taking a year and focusing in on how God is challenging us, how scripture is going to shape our life. We've declared that and how God's word um, is shaping us. My growth is my responsibility and how um, God is moving us. We're gonna change the world and it starts right here. And also how I can't say here, we're supporting the vision. And we're looking how we can take this series soundtrack beyond Sunday morning, how we can take that more, what God is speaking to us throughout the week. And one of the ways that we're doing that are through playlists, And so this past week, we just finished up a worship challenge, and we spent the past seven days listening to worship music, focusing in on God. This week, um, our playlist is focused around this idea of work, and um, we want to allow God to speak to us from that perspective. And so if you're taking notes this morning, that's what we're going to be talking about, and I want you to write down this idea. This is the theme of today's message. You are designed to work. You are designed to work. Now, maybe you've not thought about that before, thought about that in in the context of your relationship with God, or that that's something that affects your relationship with God, but you are designed to work. Now, as we talk about that, I need to give you two ideas that are pivotal. If you miss these ideas, the rest of the message is going to seem off to you, okay? So I need you to get these things. As we talk about work, okay, we need to understand what we are talking about. The first thing is there are some churches and there are some religions that would teach Will you work for your salvation, right? Like we're on this system of trying to do a lot of good stuff so that it'll stack up against all of the bad stuff that we've done and somehow those things will cancel each other out that if we work hard enough that we can earn God's favor, we can earn salvation and we can get into heaven. That is wrong, okay? That is not what the Bible teaches. You can't work hard enough to earn God's salvation. You can't work hard enough to earn God's love. It is a free gift God has given us. So when we're talking this morning that you are designed to work, we're not talking about your salvation or your relationship with God. Salvation is a free gift from God. You can't earn it, church. You can't do enough to get it, okay? It is God saying, I love you that much. I'm gonna provide a way after you've broken that relationship with me, I'm gonna make a way for you to come back to me and that relationship to be restored. So when we're talking about work, we're not talking about salvation. The second thing that is a dangerous mindset in the culture that we live in is that somehow our work defines our worth, okay? We live in a culture that tells you your work and what you do defines your worth. Sometimes we feel like maybe we're more valuable or we're less valuable depending on the position or the title that goes in front of our name, And that is a wrong theology to have, okay? You are not defined by the position that you have or the job title that you have or the career or any of that. Your worth is not defined by your bank account and the amount of money that is in there. Your significance and your worth is defined by one thing, and that is what God thinks of you. Church, I want you to hear this this morning. This is what God thinks of you. God thinks that you are worth everything that he has because he took himself, his one and only son. He gave himself to the world. He said, you wanna know what you're worth? You're worth everything that I have. I'm not gonna withhold anything from you. And so if you need to define your significance and your value and your worth, it comes from God. And he said, church, you are worth everything that I have. I'm willing to give every part of me for you. That's how we understand our worth and our value. It's not by your position. It's not by your title. It's not by something that comes before your name. It's by God's perspective of you, okay? So we need to understand that as we talk about this idea of what it means to work and what Scripture says about this idea of work. You are designed to work. Now, about a year and a half ago, I started reading this book. It was called 168 Hours. may not mean a lot to you, but each and every one of us has 168 hours in our week no one has more no one has less okay we each have exactly the same amount of time 168 hours I started to think what do we do with massive amounts of this where do you spend your time and you know where most of us spend our time you guys we're taking care of business okay the majority of us we spend our time at work okay I mean, you think about that 20 to 25% of the average person, your time is probably spent in some kind of work related career, something that you're doing, some kind of focus like that. For some of you, it's a lot more, maybe some of you, a little bit less. Over the course of your lifetime, you're gonna spend over 90,000 hours working. 90,000 hours working. Just think about that, that massive amount of time. And the sad thing is, 70% of us as Americans say we don't even like this, okay? We don't like work. We don't like what we're doing, okay? We're not happy in our career, yet we're going to spend 90,000 hours doing something that we're not happy in. And so we've got to look at this, God, if you've designed us to work, what's this perspective that we should have on this, okay? What is it that you're saying to us, okay? Some of us have this mixed up perspective that maybe work is a punishment, right? Like we've sinned, we messed up, and so God said, okay, that's it, you're going to work now. And we have this idea that if we would have never sinned, if Adam and Eve could have just gotten it right in the garden, we would be on the beach somewhere, maybe sipping pina coladas. We would be in front of our TV, just kind of kick back, relax all day, that God never really meant us to work. But this isn't what we see in the Bible. See, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, after God had created Adam, the Word of God says God took the man that he created and placed him in the garden to work. So what was Adam doing in the garden? He was working. Nine to five, you guys, okay? Adam's getting up in the morning, right? He's not sleeping in. He's hitting that alarm clock. He's going in, and God gave him the garden to 10, nine to five. He's at his job, and he's working in the garden, taking care of it. He is the first zookeeper, right? All the animals are coming by. Adam is naming all of the, the animals. He's giving all of them their distinct name. He had a job to do. God gave him work to do. This was before sin Ever entered the picture, you guys. Work is not God's punishment. He's actually designed us to be productive, to take what he has placed in our life, those gifts and those talents. You are designed to work. I am designed to work. It's what God has given us, not to be lazy, but to be productive with our hands. And God's word talks about this. I'm gonna kind of hit through a number of verses here. You can write these down, you can go back to them later. But the book of Proverbs, this book full of wisdom about life about finances, about the power of our words, and yes, also about work. King Solomon, one of the wisest men that has ever lived here on the earth, gives us instructions about what God thinks about work. Proverbs 12:11 says this, those who work their land will have abundant food. Those who choose fantasies or chase fantasies have no sense. A sluggard's appetite is never filled. This is Proverbs 13:4. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the de- desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Okay? So you just want to kick back. You want to be lazy. You want to be a sluggard. You're going to constantly want more. It's never going to be enough. But when you're working with your hands, when you're doing what God has called you to do, there's a satisfaction that comes with that, fully satisfied. Proverbs 12:24. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in forced labor. What is it that Solomon's trying to tell us? That you and I, we are designed to work. God has given us something that we are supposed to do. He's given us unique gifts and unique talents that are special only to us. And he wants us to use those to be productive with our hands, not just to be lazy, not just to sit back and do nothing, but to be productive and use what God has given us. And whenever we do that, there's a fulfillment. There's a satisfaction that comes with that our life is built up. Whenever we don't do that, there's destruction and there's poverty. And I want you to catch this, church. The poverty isn't only in your bank account, like, hey, if I don't work, I won't have money, I won't have food, I won't have a house. The poverty happens in so many different ways. Because when you don't develop the skills and the talents, the gifts that God has given you, other people around you miss out. Do you hear that, church? You don't develop the skills and the gifts and the talents, and there's someone in your workplace. You're not operating like God meant you to. You're being lazy. You're being a sluggard. Other people around you are going to miss out on what God has placed in your life, those gifts and those things. You need to use those to minister to others. You're not called to be lazy. You and I, we are designed to work and to use what God has placed in us to serve other people. Now, you may be sitting here this morning and saying, well, Pastor Aaron, I'm in a little bit of a different situation. I'm a stay at home mom. I'm a stay at home dad. And I don't get a paycheck for what I do. So does that mean I'm outside of God's design? Like I'm designed to work, but I'm not doing that? Or maybe you're here and you're saying, hey, I'm, I'm currently unemployed. I don't have a job. Does that mean I'm outside of God's design? Or some of you in this room, hey, I've worked for 50 years now, right? And I'm in retirement. I'm kicking back. Like, like, does that mean that I'm not living outside of God's design? And I want you to hear this. Your, your work, what God has done, that purpose in your life, your gifts and talents being used doesn't always line up with the paycheck that you receive, okay? You need to hear that. It doesn't always line up with the paycheck that you've received. But if you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad, what God has called you to do right now, your gifts and your talents, you working diligently with your hand, has to do with you taking care of your kids, you ministering to your family, you taking care of your household, and you are called to do that with your best effort, with the excellence that you have, with the skills and the gifts and the talents that you possess. That's what you're to bring to the table. If you're currently unemployed, your work right now, is to look for a job, right? If you're looking for that, it's to look for a job. You're going to do that with the best of your ability, not halfway, okay? Not kind of sloppily doing. No, you're representing Jesus. You're representing the God of this world, the creator of this world. You're called to do that with excellence. That's how God has given that to you. And if you have extra hours, then you go use your skills, gifts, and talents somewhere else. Volunteer at a church. Volunteer at a school, at a nonprofit. Use what God has placed in your life to serve others. If you're in that retirement age, you're not done, okay? You don't ever retire from God's purpose for your life. You may retire from your career, your skill set. You don't ever retire from God's purpose in your life. About 10 years ago, right when I was turning 30, I got on this kick of I wanted to live to be 100, okay? Okay. I wanted to live to be 100. And I was looking, like, studying all of this stuff. How does a person live to be 100? And I came across this article, and there's actually pockets in the world where a larger percentage of people live to be 100. And there's this pocket in Japan, in this small village, where a larger majority than the rest of the world are living to be over 100. And they said what happens is when these people in this village, when they reach a certain age of what we would consider retirement, they actually pick a focus, a specialization, an expertise and they spend the next 20 to 30 years of their life until they pass away, perfecting that craft, protect, perfecting that skill that they are focused in on. And as they were talking about it in this article, they said the fact that they don't just sit back in a lazy boy and turn on the TV is what we believe may help prolong their life. It may be the difference maker that they don't lose purpose, they don't lose focus. They don't lose this idea that I'm called to use my skills and my gifts to minister to others or to grow in that skill set to do that. It's maybe what's actually helping them to live longer. See, you never retire from God's purpose in your life. Students, I have not forgotten about you, okay? Because you could be sitting in this room like, hey, I don't have a job, right? Like, I'm going to school. And that is the work that God has given you to do, And I want you to hear this students, you are a representation of Christ right where he has placed you. And you may be the only picture of Jesus that those peers, your classmates, your teacher will ever see. And you are called to represent Jesus in the work that you're doing. And so that means your homework is done with excellence. Parents, can I hear an amen? Amen. Okay. That means you study for your test. You do your very best in your education. That is where God has placed you right now, and you are called to do it with what Proverbs says, diligent hands. You are called to be faithful in that, what God has given you because you are representing Jesus to the people around you. You are using your skills and your gifts and your talents right there in the school to represent Jesus to other people. You need to hear that. God has called you in this season. Your work is school. And that's what you're called to do. All of us, you guys, we are designed to work. That's how God has made us, not to be lazy, but to be productive. And once again, this doesn't define our worth or our value. That only comes from Christ, but we are called to produce, to make something with our hands. Proverbs 14.23 says this, all hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. All hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. Okay, okay. So it doesn't matter how good you are at talking, you actually have to do something with the skills and the gifts that God has given you, how you are uniquely designed. You have to do something with that. Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gifts make room for him and bring him before the great. A man's gifts make room for him and bring him before the great. Now, that doesn't mean that your skills are always going to get you that promotion, that if you work hard, that every time you're going to get that raise or any of that. But God's saying, hey, I'll open the right doors for you. I'll open the right doors for you. People are going to see that you're working diligently, that you're taking those skills that I've given you, and you're doing something with them, okay? That's what God's word is speaking about. Be diligent in what you're doing. And God is saying, hey, I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you your steps. We're called, you guys, to produce in what God has given us. Now, a few weeks ago, as we were starting the new year, I was sitting down at breakfast with um, Aaron Castellanos. Many of you guys know him. He's one of our spiritual directors here, and we were talking about this year And just what God wanted to do in our life, we were challenging each other with, hey, how are we going to grow? What is it that God is speaking to us? And we kind of got on this subject of work and some goals that we have and how God has gifted us and how we're growing in those gifts. And as I was sitting there in Panera, I thought, man, I wish I could just take this conversation and bring it in front of the church. Because Aaron was sharing some really great perspectives and thought process, some of the things God was speaking to him. And I thought, man, I want everyone to hear this. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. If you guys would put your hands together, Aaron is going to come forward. And we just want to take a moment and just kind of share again the conversation that we had um, when we were at Panera. Now, Aaron, everyone may not know you. And so if you want to just start by taking a moment and just telling us a little bit about yourself. Yep. Yeah,
0: so I look like I'm 17, but I'm actually
1: going to be 33 this year. Um, I'm married to
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. We've got more kids, uh, so we took that, you know, be fruitful and multiply thing very yep. serious. <laughs> so we've got three beautiful girls that we adore and, and love so much, and then we just have our newest addition, uh, little Judah. He's the only grandson out of eight granddaughters on my side of the family, so he's quite the big deal. Yeah. And, uh, and just shows you guys that I'm not a quitter, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron, as as we were talking, you were just sharing a great perspective that About a year ago, like you were looking at some things at your job and just kind of sensing, God, something's got to change. And what direction are you leading me into? And just trying to get that focus and how God began to speak some things that helped you kind of shift your perspective there.
0: Right. So one of the the seasons that we're in right now, my wife and I, we're building a business together. And uh, we work in the area of financial services, life insurance, debt freedom, and investments. And um, one of the things that I realized last year was there was a lack, lack of passion and clarity for what I was doing. And it wasn't so much that God didn't call me to do that. It's I was building on the wrong foundation. Um, We've been reading through a book called The Search for Significance. And that book was talking about how most people live with the formula of the approval of people plus my performance gives me my self-worth. And so if I don't have the approval of certain people or I'm not performing in a certain way at work, then I don't feel worthy. How many say amen to that, right? And that's kind of where it was. And it hit at home, and I started realizing that, God God gave me my value. He gave me my yep. value, like we were talking about, through Jesus Christ. So whether I perform a certain way or whether I have the approval of certain people, I'm still worthy and I'm still valuable because yep. he died for me. When I did that, the next thing that I started understanding was the difference between my purpose and my platform. People get that mixed up all the time. Our purpose is to reflect God's character, to reflect yep. his image. When God created man, it said that he created human beings in his likeness so that they could reflect his nature. That's our purpose right there. But our platform is what we do vocationally. So when we have that understanding, we go into our workplace understanding that I'm not here to see what I can get. I'm here to bring God's nature into this environment. People need peace. People need joy. People need love. And I didn't get to mention this in the first uh, uh, service, but this week, with that perspective, I went into an appointment. I had helped a family. And the guy made it very clear without me saying anything that he has something against church. I'm like, dude, I didn't say anything, right? But that's just God's light shining or something. At the end of the appointment, we got to talking, and this guy started telling me why he had an issue with church. And he started telling me that prior to a certain period of his life, he was a devil worshiper. Now, think about it, guys. If I had just gone in there just thinking my purpose is to help him with this and help him with that, I would have missed out on the opportunity of understanding that I'm called to bring God's nature into that environment.
1: Does that make sense? And that's really good. Yep. And I love that perspective, and we all need that. Yeah, that, that understanding of God, that's our purpose. You know, what we do vocationally may be our platform, but God, our purpose is to bring you kind of your perspective in that. And we talked about that, like growing in our skills. You know, each and every one of us are gifted, and you kind of shared around like some goals and, and just keeping that focus on those goals. So I want you to take a moment and share that as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so one of the things we were talking about is we all have a tendency. That, yeah. Right. We start off the new year with saying, man, this is going to be my year. I'm not going to do the same things that I've done before. And, and I was talking to Pastor Aaron, uh, an example that I heard a while back was the uh, example of a warthog mindset versus an elephant mindset. So I don't know if you guys know, but when a warthog is out in the wild, it'll be eating, it'll be like just hanging out, whatever. And all of a sudden it notices a predator, which is a lion, and the warthog will take off running. But somewhere along the way, it suffers from short-term memory. And what it does is it stops running, and it forgets why it's running. So it looks back, and when it looks back, guess what's coming at it? The (laughs) lion. It devours it completely. As opposed to an elephant, an elephant sees a predator coming, it will start running, and it doesn't matter if there's a fence, if there's a wall, they're going to bust through that. And so one of my prayers at the beginning of the year is, Lord, help me to avoid drifting away. I know you called me to something, God. You called me to stay in my lane. How do I avoid that? And uh, one of the things that I wanted to share with you guys is just a few statistics, just proving that point. 25% of people abandon their New Year's resolutions after one week, right? And this is not to make us feel guilty or shameful, by no means, um, but this just shows the tendency to drift. 60% of people abandon them within. came back more than they originally lost.
1: It's quiet out there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Even after a heart attack, check this out, only 14% of patients make any lasting changes around eating or exercising. Only 14%. So what that shows us, we all have a tendency to drift, and that's one of the things that I'm, I'm fighting this year. Yep.
1: And you gave some really practical steps about how do we keep that focus? How do we make sure that we don't drift off and so, yeah, just take another moment and share with those, some of those practical steps that you're taking.
0: Right. So one of the scriptures that came to mind was Habakkuk 2.2. And uh, let me read it to you guys. It says, and the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that he may run who reads it. That's Habakkuk 2.2. So it talks about writing our vision, making it plain. And I was reading and studying that passage, and it talked about how the prophets years ago, when they would receive a prophetic word, they were writing on tablets Put it in the marketplace and put it in the temple so that people that walk by would understand this is where God is leading us. This is what He said that we're going to do one day. And so, one of the things that we started applying, Debbie and I, um, just the practical steps, is we write our goals in the morning when we wake up and we write our affirmations in the morning as well. Our goals are things that we feel the Lord is calling us to do this year. My affirmations are things that I'm speaking into existence that I may not see right now. And I've applied that even to our daughters when we're driving to. I have them say things like, I'm a leader, I'm a champion, I'm beautiful. You know, I'm a child of God. And, and we talk about, you know, everywhere I go, I have them repeat. I say, everywhere I go it will be better because I was there and I carry God's presence. Yep. I want to set their tone. The Bible says that we are to lead and train a child in the way that they should go. <laughs> it's our responsibility as parents to say, this is the way you should go. Once they're grown, you know, God bless them. We want to pray over them. But while they're in my home, I want to lead them that way. So we yep. do that. Another thing that we've done is uh, we, we make sure that we're blocking off time to spend time with the Lord. One of the things that I've understood, guys, is every everything and everyone is trying to draw our attention, mm-hmm. from social media to commercials to everything. And what I need to make sure is that God's voice is a louder voice in my life. Yep. If not, I'm following a, some, somebody else's definition or identity. And so spending time with God gives
1: gains. I gain perspective. I'm
0: able to refocus and say, OK,
1: Lord, what have you called me to do?
0: Because I hear everybody else talking to me, right? Um, We have a vision board. That's one of the things that we did this year. And all a vision board is is just images of things that God has placed on our heart. So when we're getting ready, we're looking at this vision board, and we're saying, you know what, Lord, this is where you're leading us. This is where you're directing us. It's avoiding us having to drift away and focus on the things that he hasn't called us to do. Um, One of the things that I do as well is I carry a note card, and I put scripture on there that if I'm discouraged or I'm feeling beat down, I can pull that out in the middle of the day and just start affirming God's word over my life. And I'm going to give you just an example here, Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So it talks about confessing it. Once you write things down, confess it, speak it, right? It says, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Notice how it doesn't say you shall meditate on it just in the morning. Because the thing that I've understood is even when I spend time with God in the morning, that doesn't mean that my enemy stops attacking throughout the day.
1: That's right. Does that
0: make sense? And so I need to have that word continually right in my mind. And it says, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Another version says, for then you will go in the direction that you're supposed to go in. So that, that's, that's one of the, some of the things that we've yeah. been doing just to avoid that drifting and, and focusing on the wrong things that God yeah. has called us to.
1: Man, that's awesome. Can we give Aaron a hand? Thank you so much for taking a little bit of time and sharing that. And you may be sitting here this morning saying, hey, I want to develop in those skills. I want to develop in that gifts, the gifts that God has given me. How do I do that? Well, Aaron gave you some of those practical steps of what you can do to take those things that God has placed in your life, goals that you may have for for some of the talents that you have, how to develop and how to grow in those, and to practically walk those out every single day with what God is calling us to. And so church, I I want to just challenge you with that thought, just coming back to that original thought. You've been given, most of us have been given about 40 to 45 hours. Some of you, it may be um, a little bit more. Some of you, a little bit less. You're given that, okay, to develop, to grow, to use the gifts and the talents that you have to serve other people. I love how Aaron said this. um, As we were talking about this at Panera that one day, he was just sharing, man, Aaron, I'm trying to come with this perspective that my job, my work isn't for me. God has placed me there so that I could serve other people. And I thought, man, what if 400, 500, what if you guys that own businesses, you guys that are teachers, those of you that are in sales, what if all of us begin to approach our jobs? Hey, God, you have placed me here, not just so that I can get a paycheck, not for what I can get out of it, but God, so that I could serve others. God, you've placed me in this house. Lord, you've placed me in this position. God, you've placed me in this school, in this classroom, God, so that I can use what you've done in my life to affect other people around me. What if we took those 40, 50 hours a week, whatever they are, and we weren't part of the 70% that say, hey, I hate what I do. But we were a different percentage that said, God, I'm here to serve you. Take my skills, take my gifts, God, use them for your glory. Church, we recognize this, you are designed to work. You can't work for your salvation, you can't earn more of God's love. What you do, your job, the work that you have, None of those things, they don't define your worth. God defines your worth, and he said, you're worth everything, but God has gifted you. You're unique, you're special, you have talents, and God wants you to take those things that he's placed in your life, and he wants you to use them to minister to other people, like Aaron said, to be a reflection of who Christ is wherever he has placed you right now in this season of life. Church, I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I just want to ask if there's anyone in the room and maybe you, if you were to be honest, you would say, Aaron, I've been trying to get my worth, my value, my significance by what I do. Maybe you've had this mindset, if I work hard enough, then maybe I can take away the bad things in my life. My good deeds can overcome my bad deeds, but that's not the way it works, you guys. You may be here this morning and you've been trying to earn God's favor, earn God's love, and you can't. You can't do it. This morning, you're realizing that he has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He wants a relationship with you. And if you're here and you say, I don't have that relationship with God, I know that I need that. In a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond to that, to stand up where you're at and to come forward to this stage. The word of God is very clear. We have all sinned. Not one of us have been perfect. We have all sinned and messed up, but God has paid the way for us. He gave his son, Jesus. He died on the cross. It's his righteousness, his love that covers over our sin and makes us right. And if you're here this morning and you would say, I don't have that relationship, you can this morning. Jesus is here to meet you. And I just wanna ask if there's anyone in the room and you would say, that's me. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward right up here to the front, right in front of the stage, I wanna pray for you. Anyone at all, God's speaking to you. I don't want you to miss this opportunity to respond. It's a free gift, his grace and his love. I'm so excited for you. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask if we would all pray this. I'm so excited for what God's going to do in your life. Whether you've said this before, whether you're praying it for the first time, I want you to repeat this after me. Jesus, I come to you. I know I need you in my life. I need a brand new start. I can't earn your love. So I pray, forgive me. Take away my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Be the Savior of my life. I want to live for your purpose. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Church, can we put our hands together and just celebrate together? And we just, yeah, I want to take a quick moment and pray with you guys. We're not going to keep you for long, but I want to ask um, that we're all going to respond this morning in this way. In front of you, in the seat backs there in front of you, or if you're on the front row, maybe in the seat in front of you, you've got this little time card. I'm going to ask if you would take that out. And we want to approach this week, the upcoming weeks, uh, The next few months, we don't wanna approach work the same way that we have before. We're not just punching in and punching out of our jobs anymore. But we're saying, God, we wanna have your perspective. And so we're gonna take a moment and we're gonna make this declaration. We're verbally gonna say it. And then Aaron challenged us that there's something when we write things down, there's something that happens. And so I'm gonna give you a few moments to do that. But church, I want us to say this together, okay? You're not gonna repeat it after me. We're gonna say it together. I'm gonna get us started. But let's declare this this morning. I am designed to work. My work doesn't define my value or worth. I am uniquely gifted with skills and talents. There is no one else like me. God has made me to work, and the work that I do brings glory to him. So today, God take my time, talents, and use them to serve others. Let the work that I do today show others your love. And church, we're believing that together, that God is going to do that. And so we're going to pause for a moment and just write over that time card um, just as much as you can. We're going to leave this up till the end of service, okay? So this slide is going to stay up, but go ahead and take a moment, a few moments, just start writing it right now. There's something that happens as we begin to write this down. We're making this declaration. I know some of you may still be writing. Keep on writing. You're fine, okay? But I want to challenge you that, as I mentioned, we're going to take this. We're going to put it somewhere where... We can see it. It may be in your cubicle I'm at work. It may be on your desk, somewhere where you're going to see it every day. And we're going to make this declaration that God has designed us to work. We're going to say this every day so that it becomes our focus. It may have to be in your car. You may set it there so that every day when you get up and you go into work, you're looking at this. You're being reminded of this. God has gifted you. You have skills that God has placed in your life and that we're going to use those to bring glory to God. So, church, we're going to interwork with a different perspective. Can we do that together and declare God's glory? Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.